Why did you come? I have a problem. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. You see a shrink? <laughs> it's a little bit more complicated than that. Trust me when I tell you, I've heard them all. Not this one. believe in deliverance now huh who's controlling who huh <laughs> how many know that brother don't look around <laughs> but I want to just talk to you about as we continue who's controlling who and you know when you study in some of the books some of the things that tell you that you know when you're going into a fit of rage or anger when your palms start sweating the eyes start dilating. How many ever seen the veins start popping out in the head? I tell you, I'm a fan of Peter Sellers, the old Pink Panther. And how many remember the commissioner? Every time that Peter Sellers would come around, his eye would start twitching. Y'all remember that? How many ever, have ever had your eyes twitch? I mean, you just feel that coming. You don't have to raise your hand. Don't participate in today's. We don't want to, <laughs> nobody to leave uh, uh, knowing who, but we've been delivered from that. Amen. The muscles, hormones, 
uh, start going crazy. And before you know it, before you're aware, you become green. Who's controlling who? You know, they, they say like when you're drunk, and I know nobody's here ever got drunk, but they say when you're drunk, you black out. And I have people told me, not in this church, but I have people tell, tell me that uh, they got places where they didn't know how they got there. Even woke up places they didn't know how they got there. Woke up with people they didn't even know who they were. You black out. Well, it's proven, proven scientifically that when we give in to rage or anger, there's an area we can get to. We black out. And that's why so many times people get to a point where they go, I, I didn't kill that person. I didn't shoot that person. Somebody planted that knife in my hand. I didn't do that. And they have gotten so much in an area of rage and anger that they even forgot that they did something, they said something, and they turned into somebody they weren't. So that's why we're speaking about this area of anger and rage because how do you know? I'm going to share some things that, uh, and he pretty much had all the problems I want to talk about today that I found in, a, in one of Cindy's books because uh, she works with anger management. But, uh, and the Hulk pr pretty much has every symptom and sign. But uh, anyway, how many of you ever have got, maybe this is you, you're the controlling one, and you, you've said this before, you know, somebody's got to be the grown-up in this relationship. Somebody's got to be the adult in this relationship, and so you start getting angry every time you have to be the adult because you have to fix it, and you start turning green. I'm taking over the checkbook because you just don't know how to do it. I'm this, I'm that, you're that, you're this. And you start seeing people start getting mad and angry because they have to fix it. But the question that you have to ask yourself is what I'm getting angry really worth the results I'm going to reap? You got to ask yourself that every time, even if you have to go take a walk, you have to ask, is it worth it? There was a counselor who asked his client, a lady who was going through a divorce, always angry and bitter, just jumping at him and telling him things. And he asked her, why can't you let it go and move on with your life? And she angrily said, because that's the story that's living. And the truth is, her anger caused her to write the end, even though she still had a long life left after that. And so many times we do not continue growing past that stage that we got angry or hurt. We've allowed that to stun our growth and we stay paralyzed and we cannot grow. And this is what this doctor said. An angry person walks around with a chip on their shoulder. I'll roar to scare off the problems and problems people. That's what he did. Nothing pleases you. Always frustrated, always feeling ripped off about life and want to get even. Gets mad at the drop of a hat and remembers all the wrong ever done. And he doesn't feel like he deserves love. I mean, life can be frustrating. It can be complicated. How many of you know that? Life can be complicated. You know, my life don't make any sense. I hate my life. I wish I'd never been on. Why am I like this? But the good news is that Christ is able to set you free. But there are roadways into living into this truth. So we want to study these things, and the doctor's diagnosis says that the challenge is, is that if you have anger or rage issues, you're going to end up having ulcers, hypertension, stroke, heart disease, even kidney failure. And how many of you know God doesn't want us to have that? Amen. Now, I got an email this week, and I've taken some things out because I don't want to embarrass. I don't, the, the, the person who wrote this doesn't come to church here, but I got this email that says, I shared the message Sunday morning with my daughter's teacher. 
She has an abused niece, and she has custody of her now. I wanted to share her comments with you. She says, wow, I don't even know what to say. I'm sitting here in tears. That message totally hit home in so many ways. It's so hard. I don't see how they could, ha- could do what they did to this innocent, beautiful child. I now see the effects it has on her every and every day. So, some you would never know she's been abused. Other, the signs are evident. I see now that I have to pray for this, but I already pray for her. Uh, I already pray for her mom and her dad to find Jesus. Her prayer made me cry as she often prays. Listen to this little girl who was abused this prayer. Dear God, help my mom, my dad, my stepdad, and my little sister to meet someone like my aunt who has Jesus in their heart and who can tell them that Jesus loves them and Jesus cares about them no matter what. Please help them say some spe- that special prayer and ask you to come into their heart, and then maybe they will know how to love me and how to be nice to me. This lady said, I need to learn to pray like she prays forgiveness towards them. And then she says, thanks for sharing that link with me as she listened to the message last Sunday. I want to pray a quick prayer over those who may be battling or know someone like that. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Lord, even through internet, through DVD, through CD, You're ministering to so many people who may not even be here present like this lady and this niece. The family of this little girl, she's praying for. Help us to have the childlike faith to know, already know the answer is Jesus. And the answer is forgiving. Lord, we break any strongholds of anger and rage and abuse over any children, any women, any men that we know. We pray, Father, comfort for the families and wisdom. And we ask you to rescue those families and break the yokes of anger and rage even as we study on this. And, Lord, we praise you that as we go on in life, we become more and more like you, Christ, and less and less like our old selves. Thank you for perfecting the work in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. So today, who's controlling you? Who? I want to talk to you something. Who's controlling who? And you may better see this image a little bit. But I'm going to be talking about a certain anger, a certain rage that is in church. And I found this picture, and I love this picture. It shows two men in suits, and they each got God by the hand, and they're asking God to send lightning on the other one. You see that? Everybody thinks God's on their side because they believe what they believe, they do what they do, and they, who, they are who they say they are. God's on my side. God's got me by the hand. And it may not be God you've got by the hand. But I want you to see the word here. It says, you are familiar with the command to the ancients. Do not murder. And everybody go, amen. I've never killed nobody. People say, I'm not going to hell. I never killed nobody. But listen to what Jesus says. I'm telling you that anyone, anyone, that includes me, who is so much as angry with a brother or a sister. I'm sorry I didn't outline the sister too. But the brother or the sister. Ladies, you're not exempt. Who is so much as angry with a brother or a sister is guilty of murder. How many of you know there's anger in the house? And if there is, we have to deal with it. Listen to this story. Peter came from Goodstock, Bible-believing, church-going people. But there was something in him, some spark of rebellion that began to appear in, in his adolescence. When Peter went off to college, he basically swept God from his life. 
He fell into a life of moral laxity, laxity, hung out with poor influences, and built a lifestyle that made for trouble marriage by the time he was halfway through his 20s. Why then did he become a policeman? God bless our policemen. Amen. It may have been the course correction of a life flying out of control. Perhaps he fled from a life of lawlessness to one built around enforcement. Whatever the case, the change meant something to Peter. It symbolized a new order and discipline. Life was on the upspring for him. And above all, he would build a strong marriage and a tight-knit family. To that end, he was put in the necessary hours and gave it his best. When Peter's wife became pregnant, this was only confirmation that all of his dreams was on the verge of fulfillment. Then the bomb hit. The pink slip arrived. Peter stared at the little note in disbelief. There had been no warning, and the chief offered no explanation whatsoever. Peter was given his walking papers. His services were no longer required. All the years of devotion to the police training, all of his loyalty and commitment, and now with a pregnant wife, huge debts, and no prospects, Peter was rejected and thrown his dirty linen. As he stared at the dismissal in his hands, the pink slip became purple rage. The slip, cr- the slip crumpled. The hands clutched it like claws. They were strong hands, and they were itching for vengeance. Peter went home and tried to make the best of things, and there was no best to be found. At night, he lay awake, thinking only of his chief. He tried to focus on the future, but his rage, his rage kept pointing back to the smug face on the man that fired him. Late at night, the mine moved in many strange directions, and only days earlier, he would have to believe it. But now Peter found himself plotting a murder. The purple rage deepened into black rage. Perhaps it began a mental exercise, just a way of coping with his feelings. But fantasies often, fantasies often create their own reality. Peter began to rehearse in his mind the details of premeditated murder. He had guns, he had been trained, and he was taught how not to make mistakes to get caught. Peter could avoid these mistakes as he was a well-trained police. But the odds of apprehension were a point, and in truth, he didn't care. So black was his rage that he was willing to pay any price, prison, execution, and the loss of his family. None of those things dwelt in the forefront of his mind. His mind had no room for anything but rage. True story. He ended his life. He ended someone else's life because letting the time go by, the rage just went on and on and on. We find stories all throughout the Bible that rage has been from Cain all the way through the present and it should be to the end. But it doesn't mean that we have to let rage control our lives, but the Bible speaks of us learning to control it. It says here, the world is a very angry place. And I found some different rages. Everybody knows about road rage. But how many know about parking lot rage? Okay, I hear an amen through the laughter there. How about air rage? I have to have marshals on the planes now. How about boat rage? Huh? Surf rage. Fishing rage. Yeah, you've seen that. River rage. Pedestrian rage. Pavement rage. Jogger rage. Biker rage. Trucker rage. Cell phone rage. Shopping rage. Grocery cart rage. Checkout line rage. These are all professional names. And guess what I found? Pew Rage. It's a true name. Pew Rage. 
I'm stuck pew, pew, chair rage in the church. Now, I know you don't believe it. And it's not in this church. But pew rage. Look at that woman not wearing any stockings to church. She's going to hell. How dare she come to church showing her bare legs. Oh, she's a devil. Look at him. He doesn't wear a tie. What a spirit of rebellion. He needs to wear a tie and a jacket. And the man with the tie and the jacket is cheating on his wife. But it doesn't matter because he's got a suit and a tie on. Pew rage. Let me tell you something that happened to us when we first work, work, started working with the Mayans. There was, we've always vowed on a strong spirit of religion everywhere we lived because they would be converted from paganism to, to uh, Christianity, but through old school. And so we were talking and we were explaining about getting ready for a water baptism in our first church in the Mayan church of Krikahute back in 82. And I had my interpreter with me and he had been of a denomination uh, and he'd been trained in that denomination. He became my interpreter, and he, of course, he grew and he got good. But I remember one day we were with the elders and we were talking to the people who were wanting to be water baptized, and he spoke up and he said, Well, I was taught that you needed to be in church a year and go through all the studies before you are water baptized. And my wife, who was ministering with me, helped me open up other churches. She says, Well, you know, take the eunuch. He got saved right there in the chariot and was immediately baptized. And in front of everybody, this interpreter said, if you were my wife, I'd slap you right now. Of course, I was thinking, yeah. No, 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 I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking that. No, you just kind of start back. But so much, I'd slap you. And where we were in Argentina, the pastors actually fist fought after revivals for the list of the people converted. They fought over the conversions and they actually fist fought. I saw it. And I can tell you different stories of, 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 of different things and I wanted to pick the best because it's very interesting. But I remember when we worked with the Mayans, we were invited to go preach at this church. Like I said, they were trained for most school. Thank God they were saved, but they weren't transformed. And so I was invited to this church. In our church, we'd always go where there was no churches, and we'd raised up churches from scratch. We'd start off with one or two people, and then it would grow. Well, we went and preached at this church in the village of San Antonio, which had been a, it was a bigger village, and it had a big church there. So we went there to preach, and I brought a lot of my people with me. And we were having, getting ready to have service, and all of a sudden the pastor comes up to me and says, Brother Russell, there's something definitely wrong here. I said, what is it, brother? He says, it's your people. I said, what's wrong with my people? They're sitting together. I said, why not? He says, in this church, the men sit on one side and the women sit on the other side. I said, well, brother, they're married. If you want to go tell the wife to get up and go sit on the other side, you do it, but I'm not doing it. And he didn't do it. And then they, all the different countries we've been to, head covering. Where all the women had to have head covering. And I'd go around preaching a message. 
just having a diaper on your head don't get you to heaven. And that was my mess. I guess I've always had a fight of religious spirit, and that's why God brought me to the Bible Belt, because I've always got myself in trouble. But it's not about rules and regulations. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I have seen women so much in bondage to the head covering that I've seen them breastfeeding and I've seen them when their head covering would fall off because the baby would pull it. I've seen them let the baby fall to put the head covering back on in the house of God because better for the baby to fall than to, put the, to lose the head covering because God may strike her down with lightning. But you know what? One thing I did learn too, even though them ladies had the head covering which was a sign of submission, they still were mean in the house. And they weren't always submissive. How many know it's about the heart condition? And it's not about the outward. So we're talking about pew rage today. And I want you to see something here. In Galatians chapter 5, 19, I want you to see this here. It is obvious. Listen, look at this, what it says here in the Word of God. Galatians 5, 19. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetition. Loveless. Cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, which is religion. Magic shows religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to have or to be loved. And look at this. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded, lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. And it says you'll never find freedom and you'll never make it into the kingdom of God. Wow. Look at this, Proverbs 29, 11. Fools vent. I'm just venting. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. But I can't. Then you pray through. And you don't quit trying. And you don't stop believing. You put journey on. And you just keep believing God. You don't stop believing that you can quit. It says, come on, it says, don't quit. Everybody say it with me. Don't quit. Hold it back. Okay, James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear who? Heathen? Brothers and sisters, you must all, say all. You must all be quick to listen. Hmm. Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Huh? Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God is planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. Every one of us has received the seed of the word of God in the Holy Spirit. Every one of us, regardless of what our present lives may be, whatever habits may be formed, and whatever devastation we have brought to our lives or to the lives of others, there's power in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to better produce resurrection power on the inside of us. Amen? Look at Psalms 37, verse 8. 
Stop being angry. Turn your rage. Turn from your rage and don't lose your temper. The Bible wouldn't say not to do it if we couldn't do it. Don't lose your temper. Look what it goes on to say here. It says, it only leads to harm. Put that in your heart. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Especially after you have a gun in your hand, you wonder, how did I do that? Or that lady that time in Texas a while back that ran over her husband and then ran over him two more times. Y'all remember? Bless her heart. She didn't know what she was doing, but she paid for it anyway. Look at this one. Psalms 55, 12, it says, it is an enemy. No, listen to what it says. I'm sorry. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could, I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion, my close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked in the house of God together. What great fellowship. What happened to my marriage? What happened? We used to go to church together. We used to go to church as a family. What happened to this marriage? What happened to my home? What happened to my friends? What's going on in my life? I shared about Cain and Abel, and the Lord gave me something. He spoke to my heart, and, I, and you probably already know this. You probably had this revealed to you, but he spoke to my heart and thought, boy, this would be an awesome book. I shared with you that Cain was cursed because of anger, that anger turned to murder. And God said, you are able to save yourself if you grab a hold of it right now. And because Cain went ahead, didn't listen to God, killed his brother, it says he was cursed. And when you look up in the Living Bible in many translations, he was cursed as a restless wanderer. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. How many Christians jump from church to church? How many men and women jump from marriage to marriage? How many people jump from job to to job how many people jump from relationship to relationship and they always blaming someone else and the Lord spoke it it's the spirit the curse of Cain upon believers if we allow anger to control us and take over we become a restless wanderer I've been part of the body of Christ for 41 years and there's a lot of restless wandering sheep have you ever had someone in the family that bragged about their church so much? And we've had them here. And they tell their family, their family haven't been to church for a while. And they tell their family, oh, my God, have I found the church? I mean, I tell you, the pastor is this. The church is this. The church is just so wonderful. The worship, you just feel the goosebumps every time you're in there. The presence of God is in there. I've just found the most wonderful church. Listen, you've got to come visit my church. And so God starts working on this family member. And finally, the family member packs up and goes and says, Aunt, I've come to go to church with you. And she says, well, I don't go to that church anymore. <laughs> and you go, but Aunt, you told me it was the best church you ever found, that you're going to be in that church for the rest of your life. Yeah, but something happened. Well, Aunt, it was such a great church. What happened? Did the pastor sin? No. Well, what happened? I went to my car one morning, 
And this lady parked on the side of me gave me that look. Did she tell you something? No, the look said it all. And I tell you what, I am not going to a church where people give you that type of look. So I found another church. Oh, I feel goosebumps, everybody. And you hear the same story. But guess what? The one you've been praying for ain't going with you. Why? It's the same story with you. You're a restless wanderer, and you're wondering what is ever going to change it. Huh? Have you ever heard that story before? No, not about this church, did you? Huh? There are legit reasons for quitting. I mean moral, character. I'm not trying to tell you if you quit your church and you're here and you left because there was sin, there was failure, there was lack of character, you weren't getting fed. I mean, there are legit reasons for quitting. For example, one of the biggest problems I have to minister to, to people in this area is people have, I'm going to call it intercession rage. Well, all of a sudden they hear some dear saint get up and start praying, Lord, you know single Sally's with child. So we ask you to reveal who the father of that child is because, you know, we can't understand, Father, exactly who the daddy's father is, but we pray that you reveal single Sally's father so that we can have peace of mind. Now, everybody needing to know single Sally was pregnant and she didn't know who the daddy was. But I've got the gift of discernment, so I'm going to help it along in intercession. And how many people's had their message and their story all strung out Instead of everybody covering one another, we want to say, the Lord showed me. Yeah, the God with the lightning. I love this picture here. Look at these two preachers in suits, these two saints. They got their suits on, but boy, they got their cross. It's a crusade all over again. Pure rage. So I want to share a few reasons. I want to share with you a few reasons why some people get pure rage, some people get mad, some people leave. And Jesus, I'm going to share with you what made Jesus mad and it ended up making people mad. And I want to talk to you, first of all, so many churches and so many people are obsessed with image. It's all about image. God's coming after our heart, but we are all obsessed about if we fit the part instead of does God fit the part. And I want you to see what Jesus did as he came to this scripture here. It says, Woe to you, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. And here Jesus goes ninja. You hypocrites. Everybody pictures Jesus. Oh, yeah, let's just love each other. Everybody just love each other. But when it came to certain things, Jesus would go plain ninja. Woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish. But inside, you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you a second time, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, and you look beautiful on the outside, but the inside is full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Whoa. Boy, Jesus threw him out of the water there, huh? You see, the Pharisees had these beautiful robes on. And the more tassels they had, it meant the more holy and glorious they were. 
They'd have somebody go in front of them with a bell and they go, here comes the rabbi. And everybody would get out of the way for the holy man. And they were such in a high position. And they were representing the church, the Sabbath, the synagogue. They had the first five books of the Bible totally memorized. And many times the whole entire Old Testament. But Jesus came and says, you make me mad. That you show all this on the outside. But I know the inside. And he told them something that pricked them. He said, you're so worried about what you look like, what you don't understand, you're commanded not to even be in the same house with a dead body. You're commanded never to even touch a dead person or you will be unclean. You can't even be near someone who is deceased or you would be unclean and cursed. Jesus says, but wait a minute. What you don't understand, what you think you need to stay away from, you're full of. You're full of all that is dead and that oppresses you and is contrary to what God has for you. How many know this is an awesome goodbye message as we get ready to go, isn't it? Huh? But it talks here, you're so full of things that causes you to be full of what is unclean. And so I have something here I want to show you. Somebody gave us this TV cabinet about seven, eight years ago. And how many of you know this thing looks awesome, doesn't it? Isn't it pretty? And you know, I want to make sure that it looks good, honey. Don't think I'm getting used to this. And so, you see, boy, we take care of it, you know. Wax on, wax off, you know. Man, we want to make sure, boy, look at this piece of furniture. Boy, this is so pretty, man. Look at, look at all this, man. I'm not good at it, baby. Yeah, I am. Anyway. Oh, there's a spot. Okay. Boy, doesn't that look good? Huh? That looks good, doesn't it? But Jesus says, wait a minute. Let's open the doors here. Hey, hypocrite, what's this? Jesus, put that back up. What's this? Jesus, you're not supposed to see that. Please close the door. Look, look, Jesus, Jesus. Look, let me do it. Jesus, get away. Look how pretty I am. Don't I look good? Don't I look good? Don't pay attention to that, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'll make a deal with you. Close the door. And I'll read my Bible, I'll go to church, I'll pay my tithe, I'll pray. Jesus, if you keep the door shut and don't pay attention on what's the first and the second shelf, if you just look in the drawers, it's full of good stuff. But Jesus, keep this closed and I'll make a deal. I'll do everything you want me to do. And Jesus says, hypocrite. Get, got to get rid of it all. It all has to go. It's not the pantyhose that has to go. It's not the makeup that has to go. It's the trash inside that has to go. Appearing to be godly. Hmm. Amen? 
Let's see. I'm trying to read my notes. My, I have an example here and I can't read my notes. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to get my eyes checked when I get back, y'all. I promise. But listen. It's about appearance. You know what? There was this woman on TV a few years ago. Boy, she was anointed. A prophetess of God. Her mascara would run. Her hair would fly. She had her shoes off. And that woman could preach. And she sweat. She didn't care what her hair looked like. She didn't have the glamour then. She didn't care what her hair. It was before she had her million dollar wedding. Her mascara would run. She'd preach. She'd holler. Boy, she'd prophesy. I mean, that woman was bad to the bone. She put her foot in it. She was a godly preacher. But then you have to stop letting the mascara run. The hair has to stay. The rings have to stay. Everything has to stay in place. And guess what happened? She ended up getting beat by her preacher husband in the, in the parking lot. And that something million dollar wedding with the something hundred thousand dollar cake and the million something dollar ring, it all went to nothing. Why? Because it was pretty on the outside. But somebody had something on the inside. It's time to let the hair fly. Let the wigs fly. Don't worry about your hair. Don't worry about your lipstick. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry what people say when you come to the altar. It's time to get to a point where I don't care what I look like on the outside. Heck, on the outside, it's going to be eaten by worms anyway. Jesus is interested on what's on the inside. Because the truth is, what's on the inside is making me mad, guilty, and shamed anyway. How many want me to come back? Okay, well, let me push it farther. Ezekiel chapter 14, 1 through 3. It says, listen to this. It says, some of the leaders of Israel approached me. Some of the leaders. You know, I had a preacher come to me in Argentina and said, Brother Russell, the Bible says I have a right to rebuke you. So he came in my living room. He says, can I, can I rebuke you? I said, well, yeah, brother, go ahead. Rebuke away. He says, I rebuke you in love, but Brother Russell, this was back in 86. He said, you're too happy. I said, excuse me? He says, yeah, you smile too much and you're too happy. Us men of God need to be serious and solemn. I thought, yeah, you're going to teach me. So I said, uh, well, brother, I receive that. And I thank you for that, and God bless you. But what I was uh, thinking, I was thinking, you're a 40-year-old jerk who still hasn't found a wife, and you're telling me what time, and, and you pastoring 20, 30 people, and you're trying to tell me how I need to be. Thank you. God bless you. I want to keep on laughing. Thank you for the rebuke. But all these laws, you're too happy. Well, I just happen to be drunk all the time. I'm sorry. I'm happy in the Holy Ghost. So again, some of the leaders approached me and sat down with me. God's message came to me. God spoke. Here comes the leaders. They're all in their robes. And he says, wait a minute. God spoke to me. Son of man, these people have installed idols in their hearts. 
They've embraced wickedness that will ruin them. Why should I even bother with their prayers? Then he goes on to say, therefore tell them the message of God the master. God is saying, I've got the credentials. I'm the God of the church. I establish the rules. I know the hearts. Don't forget my credentials, the Lord says. The message of God the master. All in Israel who instill idols in their hearts and embrace the wickedness that will ruin them, that will ruin them, that will ruin them, and still have the gall to come to the prophet, be on notice. I, God, will step in personally and answer them as they come dragging along their mob of idols. I am ready to go to work on their hearts of the house of Israel, all of whom have left me for idols. What are the idols in your heart? What's in your heart? God is saying, look what God is saying. He's saying, you want to serve me? Yes, Lord. Well, I'm coming after your... No, I don't want to see that. I want to see this. I'm coming after your trash. I'm coming after what's holding you back and what's going to end up ruining you and what's going to end up hurting you. I want to come to the very core of the trash inside because I love you. And you know, how many times did y'all have children when they were real small and they would climb up on something and you tell them, baby, don't do that. And they just laugh at you. Baby, don't touch that. And they just laugh at you. Then when they fall on the head and they have stitches, you get to go, ha ha, I told you so. But how many of you know, you whip them, they cry, and they act like they're dying. But it'd be better. <laughs> Amen, little sister. <laughs> little brother. It'd be better for a whipping than the stitches. And that's what God is saying. It's going to be better for you if you let me deal with the trash. And you know why people get mad at church? They get mad at the truth. I want to share a secret. I haven't told people this, but there are people who tell me all the time, Pastor, some, you preached so-and-so's message on TV. I turned on TV when I got home, and before I went to church, somebody was preaching your message before you preached it. They were preaching the same exact thing. Man, y'all must both be listening to the Holy Ghost. And then I hear people say, you know, I went home and opened my Bible. I read the scripture you used today. I read in my devotion. Man, you must be hearing from God. And then I have others say, you know, I went to a movie, and the movie acted out your message. I couldn't believe it was your exact message. I turned on TV, and I saw something that reminded me of what you said said oh somebody told me something that their preacher preached on and they were preaching on the same exact thing and I tell you what I'm so grateful to have a pastor who hears from the Holy Ghost let me tell you a little secret when you hear the message on TV and you hear it here you watch a movie that shows you the same thing everything you see in here you think is God just speaking and confirming what he's saying through the pastor but the truth is when something like that's going on it's God Going after your trash. And as you're saying, my pastor hears from God because all the other preachers are preaching the same thing. No, God's just trying to get your attention at the trash inside of you. He doesn't have to confirm what I say. It's not about making me look good. It's about getting the trash out of us. Out of us. I didn't say you. Out of us. 
Amen, church. And so the next time you go, boy, God, my pastor hears from God. No, are you hearing from God? Because God's speaking to you. He's wanting to deal with that trash. And so people don't want to hear that. And so they get upset. They get angry. They complain. I don't want to hear about the tithe. I got to buy camo and ammo. I ain't got it this month to give to Jesus because squirrel season opened up yesterday. I got to buy camo and ammo. But I have to say this. I'm so proud because I see all the men here this morning. Yeah, I see the men here this morning. And I know you're thinking all the branches are jumping up and down and those little furry creatures are all over the place. And if you'd be in the woods, God would be sending you all kind of squirrels riding your way. But listen, but you sacrificing this morning, I just claim a hundredfold return on every squirrel for you in Jesus' name. So thank you for being here on Sunday morning. Amen. Oh, it opens next week. It'd have to be John. Hey, Kelsey, guess who I thought about when I saw that little green man running up there? Now I'm thinking, John. I love you, buddy. It's next week, but I know y'all still going to be in church. But I'm not going to be here, so I mean, you know. Yeah. The truth makes you mad. For example, pastor, I fell in love. Oh, yeah? Is he a godly man? I don't know. But I got a vision. That if I kiss him, that heathen frog would turn into an evangelist. I just know that if I kiss him, he's going to turn into a missionary and we're going to go to Africa together. He's a heathen right now, but he's going to be our first convert in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's what Jesus says. No, that's not what Jesus says, but that's okay. He looks good. Okay. We know what your idol is. Him. Marriage. Not God's will. Sex becomes an idol. Relationship becomes an idol. Colossians 3 says, So if you're serious, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ proceeds. See the things he's looking at. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert on what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. Here's the answer, saints. He is your life. It's not, church is not your life. He is your life. Rules is not your life. He is is your life. His word is your life. Set your heart on what God wills. Amen. Now, a lot of us, let me end with this last prop. I go through too much work on these props. Uh, I forgot to bring this up with me. How many of you like to eat and don't like your food touching? Okay. They made plates for you like this, right? Macaroni. Corn and pork chop. Thank you. Thank you. 
pork chop, macaroni, and corn. I like everything divided. I can't stand my food touching. A lot of people are like that. I can't stand. I watched them Friday night, those who, don't, who just puts it all in there and those who have a little neat paw. Man, I just mix it all up. It's all going the same place anyway. But anyway, some people, like their, some people don't like their food touching. He is your life, but here's your life. Here's hunting and fishing. Here's my minivan with a picture of all my kids and my dogs and their A students on the back of the van. My kids are my idols. My kids are my life. Don't you talk about my kids. I got all of them on the back of my van with their names and who they are and what they've won. I don't see no sticker about Jesus, but my kids are on my car. Hallelujah. So anyway, my kids are my idols. My job is my idol. My, I couldn't go to church today, Pastor, because I had to wash my car. It was filthy. Ain't no God don't want us going to church with a filthy car. Oh, no. Oh, no. So here's what I love. Here's the saints playing on Sunday. Saints are playing, and it's past 12, and he's still going on. So I've got the Saints right here. I've got the Talladega Speedway right here. Whoa! I got it all right here. But sweet Jesus, look where I have a place for you. Right here, Jesus. That's a place just for you, nothing else. And Jesus goes, oh, you don't like stuff touching in your plate. You don't like me being here and here and here. You got me on reservation. You know, when you're in trouble and they tell you you're getting ready to lose your leg. Oh, Jesus. Where you should have been here. Hello, church. Can't believe I'm doing this the day before, last Sunday before I'm gone. Don't quit the church. Don't turn the church. He is my life. Jesus says, hmm, you going to isolate me? You going to isolate me? When I paid for the full thing. I paid for the full thing and you're just going to tell me what belongs to me? How can you isolate someone who is everywhere? And is called to be everything. I, I won't share this last scripture with you, but I want to share this last story with you. How many seen uh, even... Uh, that actor who played Hurricane Carter, Denzel Washington. You might have saw the movie about a man who was a boxer and he was accused of a crime he didn't do and he served 22 years in prison. This is what he wrote. When they let him out, he said this, after all that's been said and done, the fact that the most productive years of my life between the ages of 29 and 50 have been stolen. The fact that I was deprived of seeing my children grow up wouldn't you think I would have a right to be bitter? Wouldn't anyone under these circumstances have a right to be bitter? But it has never been my nature or my lot to do things the easy way. 
If I have learned nothing else in life, I've learned that bitterness only consumes the vessel that it contains. And for me to permit bitterness to control or infect my life in any way whatsoever would be to allow those who imprison me to take even more than the 22 years they've already taken. Now, that would make me an accomplice to their crime. What I become angry about, I'm an accomplice with that situation and the enemy. Oh, there's righteous anger to be angry at what God's angry at. But we read there's also human side of anger. But I love what Hurricane Carter said too. He said, hate put me in here, but love is going to bust me out. Hate put me in here. I don't know what put this trash in here, but love is going to draw it out. I'm going to bust out this crime scene. I'm going to bust out this injustice. I'm going to bust out this thing that keeps trying to hold me and control me and eat me up alive in this greenness that shows up when I don't want it to and it makes me into somebody I don't want to be and think thoughts I don't want to think and even fantasize about things that one day may cost me my freedom. I've got to deal with it. So I just ask you right now, just bow your head and close your eyes. Let's just be honest with God right now. Lord, take the trash out of my heart. Lord, I know that church is not about image. I know being a Christian is not about image. And Lord, those that we read about today and throughout the whole Word of God, they looked good, they acted good, they said the right thing. But Lord, you look upon the heart. And you said, Father, in your Word, we are rewarded according to the condition of our heart. Father, your word exhorts, but your love in your word also corrects. And Lord God, we stand here corrected today. We accept your word and what your spirit is saying. Lord, we know you've been coming after the trash in our hearts and in our life. We know you've been coming after the things on my mind and the things in my heart. And today, I've had an encounter with you. I was confronted with the mirror of your glory to see myself as you see me. I was confronted in your holy mirror of the aspects of my life that don't belong in the roots of anger and bitterness. A restless wonderer. Today I surrender my anger, my rage, my selfishness, my fighting, my tantrum, my rights. It's my life. I surrender today. And I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me and wash me in your precious blood. Make me whole. And Lord, I, I decree that love is going to break me out. In Jesus' name, your head is bowed, your eyes is closed if you're here today. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know your life is away from Him and you know that your life is not pleasing to Him. You've gone off in some area of your life and today you're here not by accident. You're here to get it right with Jesus who loves you so much. 
If that's you, I want to invite you to raise your hand right there where you are. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. Pray for me. I need to give my life back over to Christ. I need to surrender my life to Christ. Raise your hand real high so I can see. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Raise your hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you, sir. Anyone else here today? I want to give my life back over to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit work, His perfect work. Let the Spirit woo you and draw you to Him. Where there's total peace and freedom. Anyone else today, I've got to surrender to Jesus. I don't know where my eternity is, but today I want to get it right with Him. If that's you, raise your hand. Anyone else, raise your hand. Anyone else, raise your hand. I've got to get it right. As the Christians, please keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Those who raised their hand, would you come up today? Would you come up and let me pray with you, please? The men and the women who raised their hand, would you come? God bless you, sir. The others that raised their hand, would you come now, please, and let me pray with you? As Christians, continue to pray. Christians, continue to pray. Those others who raised their hands, would you come? Come. No one's looking around. Come and make a public confession. Come. Come. And show, I really desire to get it right today. You raised your hand. Now do the next step and come. I know you may not be used to a crowd. I know, but but, but people are praying right now. We're not looking. People are praying because we're all in the need of prayer. We're all standing here with you. If that was you that raised your hand, please, there's others. Would you come? Come now. Come now. Come and surrender. 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 those who raise their hand and those who are here just put your hand upon your heart and just pray this with me here because someone else praise you Jesus okay we're going to pray for you okay those who are here today if you just pray this prayer with me dear heavenly father thank you for such mercy that you love me pray this prayer with me that you love me just as I am today I surrender all that's in me and all who I am I give into your hands forgive me of all my sins weaknesses and errors take away the trash out of my heart deliver me from anger rage unforgiveness and the root of bitterness set me free by your Holy Spirit and I thank you Father that I stand here saved forgiven and delivered by faith 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. New beginning, Father. I praise you for what you're doing. Go ahead and give them your information. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you for the power of divine health and healing. And Lord, energize this sweet mom, grandmother who's taking care of these children. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that whatever is causing these eyes to be crossed, Lord, I ask you to heal it and perfect it. Healing into his brain and the nerves to his eyes. I thank you for total and complete healing and restoration. I thank you you are the Lord, Noah's healer. And I bless him and I thank you for blessing him and touching him and making him whole. And it's by your stripes. This child is healed, anointed, set apart for your use. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And let him be with you. Favor in the court. Lord, let justice and let your mercy overrule anything that men will try to do to ruin these lives. But Lord, I praise you for total and complete custody to this God-fearing, God-loving grandmother. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up. Hallelujah. Listen, we love you. We bless you. We're going to see you when we get back. Thank God for you. Brother Jake's going to be dismissing, but we'll be back here tonight on faith in God in these troubled times. We love and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Father, Lord, today, God, we know that you are taking out the trash. And, Lord, I know that sometimes we know that that's a painful, tough process. But, God, we know that today, Lord, that we're going to walk in that mindset, Lord God, that we need to allow you to come in and deal with us so that we can get the things that, that are in our lives or the addictions, Lord God, the sin, the corruption, Lord, out so that, Father, you could do, come in and be what you want to be inside of us, Lord. Father, it's not about just the outward appearance, but it's what's in the heart of us, Lord, and we pray that you begin to work on that and change each and every one of us today, Lord. Be with each family, be with each person, Lord, as they come and, and as they leave today, Lord, and as they come back tonight, ready to receive more from your word, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray blessing on him in your name. Amen.